Today is April 16th, and this is the 55th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. I'm back with my buddy, Jack O'Hara. It's been a long time, but it's good to be back with you, buddy. How are you? I am fantastic. It has been way too long, dude. Like, we used to do episodes almost once a week, it seemed like. And now it's been, what, four months almost since the last We were on. It doesn't even feel like that. We were on a great streak, a great, great streak. And we were doing almost pretty much every pay-per-view. Even sometimes a preview and a recap. We were on a good streak and unfortunately both got busy. But um, consistency is key. I don't know what the hell happened. We just both hit a brick wall. Didn't talk to each other for four months. I know. Let's try not to let that happen. Um, I'm looking back to try and see the last time we we talked together. And uh, it, it was early December. So, geez, it's been no a while. Way. Really? Yeah, early December. That's ridiculous. We had to talk before the McGregor Poirier fight, right? That was our last last podcast. We did a preview of it, and then uh, we just both got busy for uh, the recap, and ever since, unfortunately. Well, we're gonna have to get you out into Phoenix in the new studio that I was telling you about before we went on. We're we're bringing the O Show over to Star Worldwide Networks. We're gonna have our own setup, cameras. Lights, action, dude! It's gonna be awesome. We got to get you out there. Maybe we can do that again when whenever we interview Justin Gucci because that's on the table. Yeah, just to give your would, listeners an insight, that is on the table. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So the last time we talked, it was McGregor Poirier, the fight that we all thought Connor was just gonna easily, you know, cakewalk into, kind of like the 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 whatever second win it was against, what was it, 50 seconds against Cowboy Donald Cerrone? Right around that. Yeah, and that's exactly what we thought it was going to be like. And Dustin Poirier shocks the world in the second round, and now we got a trilogy fight on our hands. McGregor won the first fight years ago. Poirier wins this one back in January, and now we got the third one in July in Vegas. Maybe you should come out for that. We could do a podcast over the summer, then we could drive out to Vegas as long as we can get connections, because those tickets are going to be, you know, relatively expensive. But that would be fun. We could cover the event, UFC 264. Speaking of tickets. Yeah, no, speaking of tickets, I just looked at uh, sold tickets. Uh, They sold out within minutes. Now, people will resell tickets, obviously, but that's uh, just showing. Seats.com, we have stuff We have TickPick. But just showing, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I think it went out in a couple minutes, within seconds. Uh, people are dying not only to see McGregor, but just to see fights. Uh, similar case with the next two pay-per-views coming up, uh, UFC 261 and UFC 262. But uh, this one's back in Vegas, which would be awesome to go see, uh, but would also be awesome to cover and talk to you about as well. Hey, worst now, uh, scenario, you come out, you do a show on the podcast in Scottsdale, and if we can't get tickets, we just go to the event, maybe go to the press conference beforehand, Yeah, in Vegas, have a few drinks, make a weekend. Yeah. I think that's actually a great idea. Let's, uh, let's try and make that happen. Let's plan that. July 10th. July 10th is, is the pay-per-view, so that's Saturday. So uh, that leading up week, or you know, maybe a couple days after, Let's try and plan that out. I'll talk to Jen. You talk to Tara. And we'll yeah, make- yeah. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. So, you know, we never I, – I talked a little bit about my thoughts uh, after the event between McGregor and Poirier. 
But uh, I know you texted me and we talked slightly, but I would just like to see your take. What did you think of the fight as it was happening? And then what did you think afterwards? Uh, I thought McGregor looked good very early on. I thought I honestly thought it was going to end at the end of the first round, the way they were striking each other. Like, they were both going at it pretty hard, which you love to see as a fight fan and for everybody involved there as well, too. And then in the second round, Connor just looked flat. Like, you could tell, like, okay, if he doesn't get out of this round, like, th- this could be trouble. And then you see him slip at the last second, then it's like, okay, this it's over, and I can't believe this is happening. Because Dustin Poirier, that's probably the biggest win of his career out of nowhere. Because this was literally just an exhibition put together uh, that you, you, Dana White was just like, yeah, let's throw this on the cards. You know, big show to kick off uh, 2021 after a great 2020 that UFC had. It was an abysmal 2020 for everybody except for Dana White. It was a great 2020 for Dana White and the UFC. And that was just a great way to kick it off because now you get a trilogy fight between these guys. Dustin Poirier is now a star in the eyes of many fans who didn't really – I want to say knew who he was because a lot of fight fans obviously know who Dustin Poirier is, but the ma- like mainstream people, like the the public who aren't necessarily fight fans, casuals in quotes, casual fans. Thank you. I was looking for a word that definitely perfectly uh, describes it. Uh, they don't necessarily know who Dustin Poirier is. They now know who he is, and now you're going to get a trilogy fight in Vegas with fans back in you know the the fight capital of the world. It's going to be fun. I, I think in the long run, Dustin Poirier picking up that win was a shock, but it's going to be best for business when it comes to Dana White and the UFC. I totally agree with you there. Uh, I definitely think that that fight made sense at the time, you know, where they both were uh, in the rankings, you know, with Habib kind of with the question mark. You know, now we know he has, a, well, the UFC has a, officially acknowledged his retirement. Um, and they did announce, you know, the, the title fight between Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira for the belt. Um, so I think, you know, obviously Dustin Poirier was offered the title fight uh, because he beat McGregor, turned it down, wants the big fight with McGregor for the trilogy. I think the trilogy does make sense. Um, I think when Connor loses, he gets very uh, motivated and wants to get that win back. Uh, but I also think that this is a very dangerous uh, and, and maybe not the best. I mean, I know Poirier is going to make a lot of money from this trilogy, but is it the best decision? I mean, if he loses, you know, Connor's getting the title shot next, you know, it's just how it's going to be. If Poirier wins, obviously he'll get the title shot and, you know, he got a big payday, but I feel like it's a little bit risky. You know, you're almost giving yourself another fight before the title, like when you could have had the title shot. Uh, and then potentially once, if you got the title, you could have then said, okay, I want to defend against Connor. You know, let's have that trilogy. Um, so I think it's a little bit of a risky move by Poirier, but as far as the UFC and business wise, it, it 100% makes sense. As well as Dustin Poirier's business. He's going to be making more money, I think on this fight than he would a title fight against anybody, whether it be for the Aaron belt or for the lightweight belt, because, and not to compare it to WWE, but like you always said, like, you could be in the title match of WrestleMania, or you could be facing The Undertaker, which is also the main event of WrestleMania. Conor McGregor in a, is basically The Undertaker of the UFC right now. Like He's not a title holder. It's not a title fight, but it feels like a big title fight when you're going up against arguably the most quote-unquote no, notorious fighter in UFC history, right? So like, it, it doesn't matter for Dustin Poirier. You, you beat him once. 
it's kind of a win-win. You're getting paid big time for this fight. It feels like a big title fight. And if you win, that secures your number one contendership. You are right. Connor always talks about how he is a belt. He is a belt. You know, you beat me, you know, I, I am a belt. Uh, and it does make sense. And uh, you know what? And Connor mentioned that in a couple tweet exchanges um, recently. They've been kind of going back and forth at each other on Twitter. Uh, you know, the, the second fight, uh, they were a little more respectful compared to the first. And now, you know, I think Connor realizes, okay, you know, I, I'm, I want this win back. And uh, I'm not going to play Mr. Nice Guy. I, I'm coming at you. And I think that's what we've been seeing on Twitter. And, you know, Poirier, obviously, the competitor he is, he's, you know, chirping back at him. But uh, one thing I will say is, you know, and you mentioned this about the fight, you know, your, your thoughts on the fight. I thought McGregor looked great in the first round as well. I did. And, uh, you know, I think what we saw in the second round, beginning of the end of the first round, rather, beginning of the second, you know, his leg got compromised and he couldn't move as well. But really, you know, I think he was close to putting Poirier out in the first round. And uh, Poirier has come out and said, you know, Connor rang my bell a little bit in the first round. Um, you know, when I think about this trilogy, if Connor can, can have an answer for the leg kicks, and come out, be you know sharp with the striking. He looked good when when Poirier took him down. Kind of got right back up, won the clinch exchanges. In my opinion, um, I think he looked stronger. And I know I was super confident in Connor in in the second fight, you know, in their rematch. But in this third fight, you know, I think the value here is McGregor. I really think he should win this fight because his back's against the the wall here. You know what I mean? If he wants this belt, he needs to win this fight. If he doesn't win this fight, he's very far away from the belt, in my opinion. You know, I, he's going to have to fight a guy like Nate Diaz. Um, he's in a weird spot, and I feel like when he has lost in the past, he's come back and responded well. So, you know, when this fight gets a little closer, obviously, we'll give our takes. But right now, this is kind of my opinion of where this trilogy is at. Um but it's intriguing from every standpoint because McGregor, you, you know, you see, okay, he knows the adjustments he needs to make. Poirier got the best of them. Poirier was more active in that first, in well, in that second fight, rather. Um, so how's Poirier going to look in this too? You know what I mean? Where's his head at? You know, it, there's a lot of question marks, but I'm, I'm excited. Has Connor ever lost two fights in a row? Uh, no, not, no. I don't think he's ever lost two fights in a row, and he's definitely hasn't lost to the same person twice. Because obviously he's not a machine. He's lost. He's lost to Nate. He's lost to Khabib. Um, he's lost. And then two fights, two fights before that, um, early in his career. Yeah, and then Poirier. Those are the those well, yeah. Are now, now, losses. now Poirier. Those are the significant losses. Like you said, there were two others before. Um, yeah, but he's he's in a weird spot, but he's not in the worst spot out of everybody in that locker room in the UFC. Because, again, if he loses, he could have a trilogy fight with Nate Diaz, and that'll sell out uh, T-Mobile Arena or wherever that – or at Vegas. They could go back to Madison Square Garden for that. He's still going to be raking in big box. He still has a boxing fight with Pacquiao on the table if he wants it. He's not in a bad position. At this point, he's got two kids. He's got a family. He has already – he's got the accolades. He's already made UFC history multiple times – He's already had the biggest fights of his life, the biggest wins of his life. At this point, he's doing it as a passion. You know, he loves to fight. 
You know, like if he wins, great. He's back in the title hunt and he can go on another run if he wants, another tear, if you will. But if he loses, there's still big money fights and people willing to fight him. And Dana White is going to throw Conor McGregor at those people if he wants him to, because at the end of the day, it's a payday what he cares about. At the end of the day, Conor McGregor is going to sell out arenas and Conor McGregor, win or lose, is in a great position for both him and the UFC. I think you're totally right there. You know, even if he does lose, there is still more for him. But I guess in my, in my eyes, I always associate him with the title. Ever since he became a, you know, a champ at 145 and then the double champ, I've always associated him as a UFC champion. And I think that him as champion is big. You know what I mean? And it makes everything even bigger. Yes, he is Conor McGregor. And anyone he fights is big. And he's going to give um, whoever he fights, you know, whether they are already kind of popular or not, uh, he's going to get them bigger. And uh, I think him with the belt is just big for each himself and for the UFC. And uh, I want to see him as champion again. I think just being a fan of him um, and I know it's, it's a little biased and, and I like to, to kind of be down the middle on everything, but for a guy who really brought me into the sport, uh, I'd like to see him back on top. To me, he's already on top, though. Like he, like I said, he's done everything. I understand. But like he's again, he's like the Undertaker. He's like Triple H. You can put him on a card, and he's that's the main event. You know, like he he's already a champion in his own right without the title or titles. Because again, he's made history. He's held two titles consecutively. The first guy in UFC history to ever do that um, at two different weight classes, and he's just. You put him in there, trilogy against Nate Diaz, done. Put him in there against Oliveira. That'd be awesome to see. Everybody was just looking for a good fight, and then you could tag team that with Dustin Poirier or whoever is at the top of the lightweight division or any heavyweight, whatever you want to do, and you can make that pay-per-view sell out arenas around the world. I agree with you. He does. I agree. He has that value. He has that power, and you know what? Even if he, he fought out his UFC contract, he could always go box too. You know, he's a draw no matter what he's doing and where he is. So I do agree with you in that standpoint. Um, but I just think that he's got a little more in the gas tank that he maybe hasn't shown the fans just because of the little amount we have seen him compared to in the past. You know, that streak leading up to till 2016 when he won, you know, the second belt. Uh, we saw a lot from him, and I think he has improved since then, uh, but we just haven't been able to see, you know, the amount of competition uh, fighting-wise that I would like to see. Um, and I think he's got a little bit in him. I think he's got another, I think he's got another run at this title, um, even though there was a little bit of a hiccup against Poirier. I think if he does make these, you know, adjustments and shows us that he can win, I think it makes everything a lot bigger. And, you know, and another thing is, is like, he, I won't, he's starting to talk crap again, right? He's starting to talk crap again. Um, I think after, you know, he lost to Habib and then, you know, took a different approach against Cowboy and then took a different approach against Poirier in the, in the rematch. I think he wanted to settle down and not be so crazy. Uh, but now he's starting to talk shit again a little bit. And uh, if you talk shit, you got to back it up, right? So uh, I think that's another thing behind it. If he's going to start talking shit again, he better back it up. I, I still just think like he's 
just in a different zone. He's at, in a different level compared to everybody else. And again, he's never lost twice in a row, let alone to the same person. So like that conversation of him just going off and doing whatever he wants, he's still going to make him like break in big bucks. It's still a long ways away. Like he could easily beat Poirier. This could have easily been a fluke. And then he's right back in the title line. And then Dustin Poirier's forgotten about. So like, I definitely see your point there when it comes to Dustin Poirier kind of putting it all on the table. But like that, that's what drives you as a fighter. Like he had the biggest win of his career. He's probably on cloud nine for that weekend. But now he's got to get his head back in the game because he he's got to have that chip on his shoulder again. You got to beat this guy twice and prove that it wasn't a fluke. Because if it was a fluke, all of that goes away. All that stardom goes away. Well, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, he Poirier definitely got more recognition from from yeah. people all over. I mean. You know, I have a buddy, you know, and I was talking to him the other night, actually, about the trilogy because uh, it got announced. You know, it was official. It, it was announced, but the UFC didn't officially announce it until, you know, the other day. And I told him about it. And he's like, yeah, I didn't know who Poirier was until Connor fought him. And, you know, I've known who Poirier was for a very long time. We saw him fight, uh, which is, a cool, you know, a cool fact. But uh, a lot of people didn't. You know, and I was a little surprised by that at first. And then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these fighters, uh, even in some of the most well-known divisions, they don't know, you know, certain fighters. So it should be interesting. And it should be interesting to see either fighter here. You know, I think it, it, it's a must win for both fighters. Um, so it should be interesting to see how, you know, both fighters come into the trilogy and then also how they react after they lose. So we will see. Um should be interesting. Now, uh, one other thing in the UFC that I wanted to ask you was, and we mentioned his name before, Nate Diaz. He's he's fighting soon. He's yeah, fighting yeah. Leon Edwards. Um, what do you think about that? What do you think about, you know, because he's a guy who doesn't fight super consistently. How do you think, you know, all of a sudden he decided to fight? You think he just thought, you know what, I want to hop back in the action. I've been out a little too long or what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, definitely get the repetition up but at the same time if he loses it's like all right now he's just back in like that cesspool <laughs> of guys that really don't have a place yeah nate yeah. Is one of those guys that draws like he sells again like a trilogy against mcgregor would make sense but if he loses this fight it doesn't really make sense he's not the same fighter he was four or five years ago when they did face off you know and that's what would make a trilogy even more special because it would be five six years later I, I like it just because he's trying to get his, you know, foot back in the door. And obviously if he wins and looks good again, two years ago, when he was fighting. He looked awesome, you know? Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to lose, but at the same time, if he's able to pull it off, he's got a lot to gain. So he, he's kind of taking a bet on himself, kind of just like Poirier is with this trilogy in the sense of if you win, there's a whole lot on the table for you. If you lose, there's really nothing much. Yeah, I mean, he's facing, you know, number three ranked welterweight in Leon Edwards. And if he does beat Leon Edwards, you know, he might even be looking at a potential title shot, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, so he really used his name power to place himself in the right spot. I do think it is a horrible matchup for him against Leon Edwards. <laughs> Edwards is a beast. But, uh, you know, I just want to hear your take. Now, if he did lose and Connor lost, I think it's the perfect time to make that trilogy. But you know, only time will tell right. when it does happen. So we shall see. We, we, we also didn't get to cover Stipe versus Francis. There were so no, many we, fights that we didn't get to cover together because our schedule. I know, I know, I know. Uh, it is horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's horrible. But UFC 
261 is coming up. Um, the 24th, it is soon. It is, it is basically next week. So if you got time, maybe we'll do a uh, preview of that. Get back on the uh, weekly grind, my friend. We can both use the content. We both know it. Let's not kid ourselves. Definitely. Definitely. All right, my man, let's, uh, let's get into this other fight. Uh, a little bit of a different fight, you know, in the boxing world, uh, we are getting YouTube sensation, Jake Paul versus former MMA fighter, Ben Askren. That's right. That what is are your right. thoughts on this, man? What are your thoughts? Mm, I think everybody would much rather love to hear your thoughts, uh, as opposed to mine, but I'll give it like, to me, the Paul brothers, like Logan Paul is going to fight Floyd at some point, right? That was supposed to take place in February. He was at yeah, me. So he got stunned by Kevin Owens, which was awesome. That's right. Uh, which everybody probably loved to see. Probably not great business for him since he's going to be facing Mayweather at some point, taking a bump at WrestleMania. So I wonder how, how much money he made off of that. Uh, but as far as yeah. Jake, goes, Jake looked awesome in his fight, obviously, against you know Nate Robinson, one of the more pristine boxers in history. Um, <laughs> kidding, of course. I. I I just think Ben's going to mop the floor with them. And I think it's going to really take away from a lot of his hype, which is not going to be good business for Jake Paul. It's not going to be good business for Logan Paul either. They're both going to be hurt. You know, I, I agree with you there. Um, I don't know a hundred percent what's going on with the Floyd and Logan Paul situation. I know they, they, they postponed it and then they kind of canceled it because they weren't getting enough, prepaid pay-per-views that they wanted. And I think maybe Floyd was worried he wasn't going to make enough money and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that fight will probably end up happening. Yeah. (laughs) That fight will probably end up happening somehow eventually. Uh, But this fight is certainly happening and it's happening tomorrow um, at 9 PM. The the card kicks off on Triller. Uh, It's in Atlanta, Georgia in the Mercedes Benz stadium, but it's going to be empty which is interesting. Um, You know, it's interesting when you look at this fight, because if you were to not look at names, right. And you got a YouTuber who fought another YouTuber as his first fight and then fought a NBA star right now. He, he beat the YouTuber by TKO in the first round and then knocked out the NBA player in the second round. Right. And then if you look at the other fighter, right. Yes, he's a little older, 12 years older. He's a little bit shorter, and he's got a couple-inch reach less, right? But he, you know, he fought in the UFC. He was a Bellator champion, a one-championship champion. He wrestled in the 2008 Olympics and won two NCAA D1 national championships. You look at it, and you're like, the athlete's going to win, right? He's got it. And uh, it, it, it's so strange because I really think that a lot of uh, promoters and just people who cover the sport and all the videos that are being put out, I think they're just trying to make it look like it's going to be very, very even, you know? And I, I'm not counting out that Jake Paul can't win. I think he might train hard. Um, I think he thinks that he's great, even though I, I think he thinks he's way better than he really is. Um, 
But, you know, he puts on this act, let's face it. And if he doesn't put on this act, then he's just really stupid and a shitty person. You know what I mean? And Ben Askren is one of the most straight up people in the world. Whether you like him or hate him, he's very straight up and honest. You know what I mean? Um, but I really think that, you know, let's face it, Ben Askren isn't a, a super great striker, right? He used his wrestling and his grappling for, you know, the success that he had in MMA. Um, but I will say, from that experience from grappling uh, and wrestling, you know, he has championship mindset and he's championship caliber. You know what I mean? And I think that if things get tough for both fighters, Ben Askren is more mentally tough, 100%. And I think he'll be able to be more composed and he's got a pretty good chin. You know, you look at his MMA career, He's taken some shots from some great fighters, specifically Robbie Lawler, former UFC, you know, welterweight champion. Um, I think Ben, even though his striking isn't great, should be able to win this fight. You know what I mean? He predicts a, you know, round seven TKO. You know, let's face it, Ben isn't super fast. Um, Like I've been saying, you know, his striking isn't that great, but I think his footwork from being in the sport and uh his will and let's you know he has been training striking i think he's improved his striking since mma uh i think ben should be able to get the win here i don't think like it, he really has nothing to lose in this fight not at all he's making like, a the biggest thing he has to lose is saying that i lost a fight to jake paul but at the same time like you're past well past your prime if jake paul loses he i, I just think his credibility is done as a boxer because this yeah. is the first like real test against a real guy who had real experience and has a real resume in both MMA and boxing. So I don't know. Uh, obviously, if he wins, Jake Paul has a lot to write off of this. Now you can be like, okay, now we kind of have to take him seriously and give him an even bigger test, right? Which is going to bring in more money for him and his brother, you know, for their channel, so to speak. But for Ben Askren, like, I mean, you just talked about all of it, you know. I, I just don't see – there, where there's a scenario where like he loses in this, he's getting paid. He, he gets to fight arguably one of the more bigger, you know, critically acclaimed people out there today that everybody wants to see fail. At least the majority. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that Ben Askren really has nothing to lose in this fight at the end of the day, which makes it all the more interesting because he's going to give it his all, and he obviously wants to knock Jake Paul on his ass, take him off that pedestal that he's been on over the past few fights. Because, again, Nate Robinson and a YouTuber, those aren't legitimate wins. Maybe he looked impressive. It looks impressive on paper, on screen, but those aren't impressive wins. This is your first true test, and he better be ready because it's going to come at him fast. And really, we, we talk about the risk factor for, like, Connor and, and Dustin and Nate for their fights. This is a the ultimate risk factor for um, Jake Paul. I agree with you. Ben has zero risk. Uh Specifically, this is the biggest payday he's ever getting, uh, and he said that. Um, and he he has come out and said, "I'm getting paid to get in shape and beat up a YouTuber." Like you know, <laughs> what's better than this? You know what I mean? Uh, I, Ben's a guy who doesn't seem like he gets really nervous or worried or bothered by much. He's just not that type of guy. Um, and look, you know, I, if he does lose. I think then, like you said, you know, we do have to give credit to uh, Jake Paul. And, you know, I went back and listened to our podcast after the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight. 
And, you know, we, we had good things to say about him, not so much about what he says and how he talks and this and that. And I, I said quite a bit that I think he's super unintelligent and uh, that he acts like an asshole. But what I will say is that, you know, we talked about how he should kind of build himself up slow and he, he could make something out of this if he takes it the right way. And, you know, beating Ben Ashburn, like you said, is a huge step and it, it does force people to give him more credibility. But what I will say then is, okay, you just took a huge step by beating a MMA fighter, right? You're going to have to start fighting some real fighters. Not that Ben's not real, but Ben's in retirement. Ben just had a hip surgery that 15 weeks ago, he was on the couch and out of shape. So he had to get in shape for this fight, um, which I don't think it'll affect this fight too, too much. I think Ben could get into good shape. He says he feels good. Uh, he looked pretty good in the open workout. But what I will say is, is like, this is a big push for Jake Paul. I said to you that I think he needs to take it slow. I think he needs to fight some amateur boxers and build himself up slow. So it's what a lot of boxers do. It's how the right way it's done. You know, you don't want to push yourself too big because, for example, if he loses this fight, he's pretty much screwed. He's stuck with fighting YouTubers, right? If he beats him, then this is going to push him maybe a little bit too fast. So I think this fight really, either way you look at it, is kind of bad for Jake Paul, even if he wins. Because then he's going to have to fight a real fighter, and that could really be a problem. You know, if he fights a real boxer his weight, it's a problem. He's fighting Ben, who's going to be probably around 20 pounds lighter than him on fight night. Um, it, it, no matter how you look at it, really, for Paul, it's just no good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was from the beginning, right? It's either he's beating YouTubers and everybody gives him shit for that, or he loses and he gets shit for that. But if he wins, eventually the the dark cloud is coming, right? Because, like, he's going to be making yeah. more money. His name's going to be getting bigger if he beats Askren. But eventually, he's going to face a guy like Floyd Mayweather if he wants to do the fight and if you can bring in the sales. You're, you're going to fight someone who's going to take you down, no questions about it, and it's going to destroy your image. Yeah, and, and one thing I wanted to mention to you and, and get your opinion on is, uh, to me, I don't even think this is about fighting for Jake Paul. I really don't think he loves fighting. I don't think he's passionate about it. I think it's just something that he can get views and make money on. He's just using his athletic ability to box people. That's all he's doing. I really don't think he's passionate about it. I think he's legit. He just needs something. He's a horrible rapper. No one's really interested in his daily life. So he needed something and he picked boxing. He picked something. You know, people want to see people fight. Oh, let's see these two YouTubers. And I think YouTube boxing is going to be something that's be, going to become bigger. I think there's going to be just after, you know, the real fighters and YouTube fighters, there's a divide. I believe there will be because I think they're going to realize, okay, the real fighters are just kicking the shit out of us. So let's stop doing that. And let's just fight only YouTubers. He can make a shit ton of money of just fighting YouTubers and being, you know, the best YouTube fighter. So I personally believe it's really all for money because, you know, when he spoke about Triller, he's like, this is more than just the fight. It, there's the entertainment side of it. And, you know, people who don't really know, you know, names and fighting, you know, they can now be, be uh, entertained and, and, and all this. And it's it, for him, I really believe it's all entertainment. It's not about fighting. You know what I mean? And maybe just because I'm such a fight fan that it's more about the fight than anything. You know, I could care less about everything. You know, there could be nothing until the minute that the fight happens and I'm okay with that. 
for him, I think it has to do with everything around the fight and the fight itself is, is only purpose for him is to make money and to get views. That's just my opinion. I, I mean, I could be a little off, but. So that kind of contradicts, you know, like saying that like it's a lose lose for him because if he wins, you know, you build that, you know, YouTube boxing, like you said, whether it's like takes five, 10 years down the road for that to actually become something huge, he could be the face of that. Him and Logan Paul could be, that could be their Yeah, champion. exactly. Like that could be their Exactly. Point. If he loses, that doesn't really hurt the YouTube image. Like you got to face Ben Askren, you get to face Floyd Mayweather, you get to face these big guys and that puts you on the map as like the top dog in the YouTube division, you know? So I guess you look, you look at it from that angle, that perspective, it's not really yeah. a bad deal for Jake Paul and his brand. Oh no, I, I agree in that sense. I just really think that, um, okay, let me backtrack a little. I, I, I think that it, like I said, has to do more with the, uh entertainment side but i'm speaking this hurts jake paul win or lose from a real fight standpoint you know what i mean because it pushes them too fast or it, it it sends them down the shitter you know what i mean um but from the youtube standpoint and just the youtube boxing standpoint this doesn't matter this if anything win or lose win or lose helps that uh so i think you're right in that standpoint completely i may have uh you know kind of mesh those two together and not um, divided them the right way. But yeah, you know, it's interesting. It, it look, the one thing I will say, it's got me and you talking about it. It's got real fighters talking about it. It's got a lot of people talking about it, but, um, I don't know. I think he, he Jake Paul, when I say he, I think he also believes that this is like the biggest thing in the world, in the world too. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Did you see the kind of about him, you know, being cleared despite having early signs of CTE? Did you read that article? Yes, I did. What What's your thoughts on it? I don't know. I I would have to read more into it. Let me see if I can get it up here. I I think. Um, I mean, it definitely so, adds something to it. It's almost as if he had a planned excuse if something went wrong. So that's interesting that you said that. Um, now, I, okay, so. I, right before we got on, actually, I was going through my feed, like I always do before we talk, just to see if there's any new news to talk about or anything I could add in. And uh, this actually works out because I saw a couple fighters, a couple news outlets uh, post, uh, specifically Anthony Smith had a lot of uh, bad things to say. Um, you know, Anthony Smith being a light heavyweight fighter in the UFC, he said, uh, you know, he he just kind of talked about it being disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like talking about CT when there are actual fighters or, or you know, retired fighters who have actual CTE issues uh, and suffer and their families. And, you know, this non-fighter is talking about it and like bragging about it, that he has CTE and trying to act cool and stuff. It's disrespectful. And, and, you know, in the big picture, I obviously, you know, we've talked about this. I think YouTube boxing is disrespectful to the beginning, you know, from the beginning. Um, but another thing I read was that CTE, you know, there's no true way to see CTE early signs of CTE, like from a brain scan. Uh, so that means he's, he's probably lying, which is just trying to make himself act cool. You know what I mean? 
Um, Here's him apologizing right here. He said, and I quote, yeah. I want to retract my comments made about CTE as it relates to me and my medical history. Very serious condition that he shouldn't have misspoken about. So at least he's retracting. Like, you realize that was not a good move. He retracted because I think he lied, if I'm being honest with you. And if, if there's any signs of CTE, uh, I don't believe it's CTE. I just think that he's mentally challenged. And yeah. I, I'm being serious with that. He doesn't sound intelligent at all which uh, makes me think that he uses CTE to use an excuse of why he sounds so stupid. But um, it's disrespectful, if I'm being honest with you. And I don't know. When I heard it in the interview, you know, to be honest with you, I I don't even know. It might be like a total dad question, but like, I kind of wonder the same thing. I think they were Vine guys, you know, I think they made stupid videos on Vine and then kind of just started doing the YouTube scene and, um yeah if i'm being honest with you i'm a little bit with you as well i don't know that answer too too much uh i think they were vine and then youtube if i'm so they were I'm, like the dolans but they just you know have a better platform almost i think yeah i think they were a little bit before them as well because i do yeah. think they're older so yeah i think they got a little bit bigger because they did it a little bit earlier you know um I, I know Jake Paul like was doing some uh, maybe Nickelodeon, some kind of kid channel stuff. Uh, maybe some kind of, yeah, I don't know. But I think he got fired. <laughs> uh, you know, this this could be off slightly, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't let, I don't think the guy's a good guy, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd love to see him get a knock on his ass. And another thing I didn't mention was... Uh, Ben Askren trained with Freddie Roach. Yeah. Like, and and Freddie Roach had some good things to say about Ben, you know. So I think that's another thing. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. What else we got on uh, on tap? We got the uh, yeah. Askren fight this weekend, McGregor Poirier, which we're gonna try and set up. We're gonna we're gonna make that a boys' trip out to Vegas. You guys come out, yeah, podcast yeah. studio in Scottsdale. We road trip it to Vegas for the weekend. Even if we don't get tickets, we'll just hang out. Yeah, and honestly, just being outside the arena will be cool and just experience and everything. If we could hit a pre- press conference, and I want to see Arizona and check out Arizona. So, you know, we'll, we'll try and set that up. The only other thing I have written down for today uh, is that I just saw on June 5th, um, Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambosis Jr. is set, which is a boxing, you know, title fight. But guess what the co-main event is? Tell me. It is Evander Holyfield versus Kevin McBride, which is very interesting because not only are they taking like an, uh, how do I word this? Like an old guy fight. You know, we saw that with Tyson versus Jones. Um, but now they're putting it on like a legit boxing card with like an actual boxing title fight as the main event. Um, boxing is taking a very interesting turn with, you know, these odd types of fights, I guess they're, you know, trying to rejuvenate their sport, but it's an interesting, interesting, uh, attempt of doing it. I mean, I'm interested to see how Holyfield's going to do reason being is he's, he's probably going to fight Tyson next. You know, I'd assume that's the move, get him a warm up fight and then he'll fight Tyson. Uh, McBride doesn't look in good shape. Uh, and Holyfield does. So I think that they kind of gave him a warm up fight before Tyson, which, is also interesting because, you know, another Mike Tyson fight, but 
most of all that they're taking these older fighters, these YouTube fighters, you know, all this stuff and mixing it into real boxing. Well, we, we talked about it like a year ago. What's boxing going to do? You know, they have Tyson Fury, but that's about it. Now they're creating other ways to keep their sport relevant, whether it is from the YouTube side, whether if that takes off five, ten years down the road, maybe even sooner the way everything kind of evolves. Um, Tyson versus Holyfield, you're basically just recreating an old relic there. It, it's interesting. Yeah. Paper, who's to say it's going to be great in person watching that? Like Tyson versus Jones, I don't think lived up to the hype at all. Um, Tyson, no, it was two. It was two older guys fighting. Jones's gut just just flabbed out like halfway through that fight. I it just he, he wasn't as ready as Tyson was. But yeah, I mean Tyson bit Holyfield's ear off. You know, like everybody would love to see that be recreated in some form thirty odd years later. Um, that would definitely main event a pay per view. They'd make their own Tyson versus Holyfield pay per view. I think. They would have done the same thing that they're doing now for this whole Holyfield fight for Tyson versus Jones if it wasn't Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's first fight back in 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you. So I agree with this strategy of you know having the main event and then having Evander Holyfield return 20-odd years later as a co-main event because that's going to sell tickets, right? Like that's going to sell streams at least in this day and age, I should say. Um I, I would have done that for uh, Tyson. Like, let's say you get Tyson Fury on the card in a big title match as your main event, and then you have Tyson and Holyfield as your co-main event. That could, I, I think that's a good move. Record numbers for, for yeah, I agree. time, wherever it's going to be on. That could break boxing records when it comes to I life. totally agree. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. You're, you're very right about that. Now, it very well also could be like a trailer main event too. You know, we'll see how it works out, but I'm totally with you there. I just find it so interesting that boxing is now taking this kind of approach to things. Um, and, and, you know, I guess I compare it to MMA, but MMA is on the, the, you know, trend upwards. And I think that's why, you know, I think it's so outlandish that, you know, we'll never see that in MMA, at least for the time being. Um, and as long as Dana White is in, you know, the spot of position that he is in, I, he'll never let that happen just because of, he wants the safety for his fighters. And I believe other organizations believe the same thing. Um, but it, it's, it's very interesting that boxing is, is doing this. And I know it's for money, obviously, and it's trying to revive the sport. Um, you know, for example, Anderson Silva is going to have a boxing match. I forget who they uh, announced his, his matchup is going to be against. They didn't officially announce it, but he's going to fight, you know, and I don't think he should be fighting anymore, let alone, taking hits to the head directly, you know, boxing, obviously hands and head sport. Uh, that's it. So uh, these older guys boxing, it's cool to see, but at the same time, it's, it's dangerous. And we spoke about CTE earlier. Um, it's a horrible thing. So I don't know. Boxing is kind of starting to go sour in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that retrospect, they haven't really gone the traditional route. Like, again, they're bringing in other alternatives to kind of make it interesting again, as opposed to digging down deep and finding, you know, new fighters that really are trying to reach for that, you know, brass ring, you know, that really want to, like, help take it to the next level. You have Tyson Fury, but that's about it. Canelo you got, uh, Triple G. Uh, I love Canelo. I'm very intrigued by kickboxing, if you ever watch that. Um, I haven't dived too much into it. Totally different sports, like yeah. UFC, half boxing. It's kind of the median between the two. Um, 
really no I feel like it's a very young guy sport. I feel like yeah. a lot of up-and-comers. No big names, but like that could be something that really takes off five, ten years down the road. Because you're always looking for something to either speed up the pace of the fights or play or whatever. And you're also looking to, you know, get behind some of these big and up-and-coming guys that make a name for themselves through their fights, through their personality, the way they brand themselves. I think kickboxing could be the future, and then boxing kind of takes a back seat to that, the way that UFC has obviously jumped off. I think that it'll be a nice median for people who aren't necessarily MMA fans, but they want to do something that's relatively close to both boxing and mixed martial arts. I'm totally with you there. I mean, we keep seeing younger and younger fighters going into MMA uh, at an earlier age every year. Um, so I could certainly see that kickboxing is going to, you know, potentially retake the, the step of uh, boxing just because you add in those kicks and it could be a little bit more exciting. So, um, yeah, I'm totally there with you. And uh, that's about all I got for you, buddy, today. It was, uh, it was great talking to you. Thank you for the time. And um, that was episode 55, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in.